listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our most recent weekend service located on our downtown Brea campus. We hope you are encouraged and strengthened from today's episode. Now for a timely message from Senior Pastor Kelly Fellows. Let's jump back into it. Let's get into it. Um, we had a lot of activities here this morning, a lot of announcements, but I don't want to miss what God is telling us through this series called Immovable. Everybody say Immovable. I so appreciated AJ's message last week. Uh, there you are, AJ. Your message last week. Thank you, AJ. Can we tell him thank you for that message last week? It was wonderful. The week before that, uh, we were talking about covenant. We heard the first time that a covenant, the word covenant, was mentioned in the Old Testament. And uh, this was our definition of covenant so that we could all understand what we're talking about. A covenant is a formal, intentional, relational partnership resulting in protection, provision, and purpose. This partnership, this relationship is intentionally formed and relationally expressed. You'll remember that God formed a covenant uh, with Abraham for all of humanity, and he sealed that covenant. He made a sign of that covenant with Noah by placing this in the sky, right? Y'all remember this, right? A rainbow in the sky, right? God was the one who did that. And it goes back to those old traditional times of covenants when tribal leaders would, would scar their hand. And they would, they would hold it up for all the tribes to see to remind them we are in covenant. So that even years later, when the tribal king would raise his hand at gatherings or maybe there would be a meeting between other tribes, he would raise up his right hand and everyone would go, oh, he's in covenant. God literally scarred the sky with a rainbow to remind you about his promises being true and being solid. That's God scarred the sky before any modern group identified with the rainbow. God created it to demonstrate his commitment to showing mercy and love. I feel this verse really sums up the rainbow to me. Psalm chapter 19 verse 1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. When we look to the sky, when we see the rainbow, we can remember God is a promise keeper. When we keep his ways, he keeps his promises. Today, we're going to move forward. We're going to jump into the rest of Genesis, and we're going to see where God covenants with a person and a tribe that ultimately will bless all the families of the earth. We meet this person right here in Genesis chapter 11. If you're a note taker, write that down. Genesis chapter 11. After hearing about Noah's lineage from the time of the ark and his descendants, we get to a man by the name of Abram. Everybody say Abram. A-B-R-A-M. Now some of you go, wait a minute, you're, misp you're mispronouncing that, Pastor Kelly. I thought it was Abraham. No, it wasn't Abraham yet. His name had not been changed. We're going to dig into that and find out the significance of that. When God first covenants with this man, his name is Abram. Abram. Genesis chapter 12 through 22 narrates the story of God initiating the Old Covenant, where we get the term Old Testament, with Abram. God finds this faithful person, this faithful person that he can covenant with so that God could release his redemption plan for humanity so that humanity could realize God's purposes. Now, you've heard me saying for the past few weeks that God is a promise keeper, right? 
We, we quoted some verses, and I'm not going to put them on the screen, but Numbers 23 says that God is not a man that he should lie. Titus chapter 1, verse 2 says, God, who cannot lie, promised long ago. So why, if God is the essence of integrity and faithfulness, why would God need to go through such an elaborate, gruesome process or practice as a blood covenant with all of the elements that I mentioned two weeks ago? Here's the, here's the elements we mentioned two weeks ago, a ceremony that would initiate a covenant. All of these things. Why would God have to go through such an elaborate thing? Does God need it? The answer is no. God didn't need the ceremony. God didn't need all of this. It was unnecessary for him. God needs no incentive. God needs no accountability. He cannot lie. He is totally faithful. So why would God go through this? Why, why go through this extensive experience? <clears throat> because of us. Because of Abram and everyone after him. Because Abram would need to be convinced that this was serious. Abram and all of his descendants and all of us eventually would have to know this is serious. This is real. Because, pardon me, the blessings that God was going to bestow seemed too good to be true. There's, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way anybody could ever come through with all these. And then life would happen and doubt would roll in and suddenly we would begin to go, nah, not real. So God goes through an extensive ceremony, an extensive process to convince Abram and then ultimately all of his descendants and us that he is true to his word. Let's take a look at what it, how it starts. Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from the, your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. Everybody say great nation. Great. There you go. I will bless you and I will make your name great. Everybody say name great. Name great. There, we're talking a lot of greatness going on here. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed just as the Lord had spoken. What we see here is the initiation, the beginning of a covenant. Much in the same way a marriage is initiated by an invitation, right? Will you marry me? This is what God is doing. He's initiating a covenant with Abraham and inviting him into this covenant relationship. God's choosing Abram to establish a people, a nation, that would be the vehicle by which God would redeem all of humanity. <clears throat> Much in the same way that God chose Noah and pulled him away and said, I'm going to redeem the earth through you. God chooses Abram to bless a family that would lead to salvation for all the world. This is covenant talk. That's what the, you're hearing here. Covenant language. God invites Abram <clears throat> to leave the security and comfort and predictability of his family 
and his land. And go to a land, and it says there, go to a land, I will show you. Notice God didn't say, well, go to this land, A, B, and C, and then when you get there, you'll do D, E, and F. No, what God says is, Abraham, come out to a land, I'll show you. I'll show you. Man, that's, that, that requires faith, doesn't it? It wasn't like God laid out the whole plan for him. God just said the first thing to do is, come to me. Come to me. Abraham leaves his family in exchange for a covenant relationship. You know what's beautiful? Is we see that played out today. A year ago, I um, had the privilege to walk my daughter Emma down the aisle. Oh, what a blessing that was. I remember when I'd been in the hospital a couple of years before, I was saying, Lord, there's one thing I still want to do. I want to walk my daughters down the aisle. I've gotten to do so many things, but I want to walk my daughters down the aisle because I, I believe so strongly in marriage. I believe so strongly in family. And I believe so strongly in the covenant that is an example to the world through marriage of God's covenant. So as I walked my daughter down the aisle, I was reminded that Emma is now leaving, and the, symbol of, is the symbolism of my, me, her dad, walking her down the aisle and getting to the end, <clears throat> taking her arm that was connected to mine and now handing her to Colson and interlocking their arms. I'm saying you're leaving the comfort, the safety, the familiarity of your home to go and form a covenant Anybody been married over five years? Wave at me if you have. Okay, keep your hand up. You've been married over 10 years. Oh, many of you have been married over 15. Some of you 20. All right. If you've been married over five years, if you've been married 20 years, you know that when you first say I do, you had no idea what you were saying I do too, right? <laughs> you didn't know. We don't know. But we say I do through good times and bad. We make a covenant. Emma and Colson made a covenant. Everything she knew and she relied upon, everything she was used to, the bills being paid by dad and mom. <coughs> Food somehow magically being in the refrigerator. Clothes somehow magically being cleaned and folded. Oh, yes, they knew cognitively that, yes, this is what mom and dad did. Dad loved to shop. He would go on Mondays and get the food for the family. Mom was a clean freak. She is. <laughs> She's not a clean freak. She's a clean, what's a nice word, Pastor Jared? Help me out here. A clean princess, a clean princess. Oh, thank you. They, they knew this cognitively, but once they step into the reality of it, the reality of it, right, suddenly it becomes real. Suddenly it becomes real. See, God is initiating a covenant with Abraham. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be a great nation. And anyone who blesses you, I'll bless them. And anyone who curses you, oh, they got to deal with me. Man, that sounds good, right? This sounds good. But it takes faith to step into that because God calls him to say, come away from your security and your safety that you're familiar with. Emma chose Colson on that day last year. And they're in a covenant relationship. They're no longer dependent on their parents. They're an interdependent couple. 
I love looking over at Elijah and Tatiana sitting next to Elijah's parents. I got to perform their wedding just not too long ago, right here, as they entered into this covenant relationship. And now they're an interdependent couple. And they're learning what it means to live in this kind of covenant relationship. This is what God was inviting Abram to. And not just for the sake of a nice marriage here on earth, but so that we could all experience the blessing. Verse 2, God outlines the blessings of the covenant. I'm going to make your name great. People are going to be talking about you for years and years to come. Isn't this amazing? To this day, we still know who Abraham is. Not only do we know who Abraham is, we see his descendants. One of the most influential nations in the world still. Thousands of years later, because of God's promises. I'll make you a great nation. And man, are they. We think America is the center of the world. No, it's not. It's Israel. You look about what you, if, if something happens in Israel, the whole world's talking about it. This little tiny country. God's promise coming to pass. Later, God would clarify to Abraham, Abram, in Genesis 15 and 26, that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars. God said, your descendants will be like the stars. Have you ever been on a camping trip where there's no city lights around and you've seen the stars? Oh my goodness. My, my, uh, I got to go a few years ago uh, on an on a, on a aircraft carrier. My niece was in the Navy and they did this thing called the Tiger Cruise. And so I got to fly to Hawaii with my father-in-law. We got to get on her ship called the Bonhomme Richard, which was an amphibious aircraft carrier. And we got to go from Hawaii to San Diego and spend two weeks out at the in the ocean getting to see what our wonderful Navy uh, personnel and sailors do. And so I got to shoot the big guns, and I got to play golf on the deck and drive balls off into the ocean. Uh, they were biodegradable, so it was okay. Um, but, I, but I remember very particularly one night where they had this door with this platform that was on the side of the ship. And it was for some sort of communication radio thing. And I opened the door and I stepped out on the platform and I closed the door. It was the middle of the night. It was so scary because it was pitch black. Right, And I thought, man, if I fall off, nobody ever going to know where I'm at. I just fall into the ocean, I'm gone. But I remember looking out, and it was so fascinating. I'd never seen this before. But the horizon, I could see the stars above me all the way down to the line of the horizon. It was, I, I just literally looked and saw so many stars. And I remember this passage of scripture where God says to Abraham, try to count the stars. And I remember looking going, one, two, never mind. There's no way. Billions of stars. Man, that's what God was saying to Abram. Try to count those stars. That's how your descendants will be. Verse 3, God adds several covenant promises. Oh, I love this. He goes on to say, I will bless those who bless you. Isn't that good? God is so generous. He's saying to Abraham, Abram at the time, he's saying, not only am I going to bless you, I'm going to bless those who bless you. The word bless from the Hebrew is the word barak, which means to praise, to speak well of, or to give favor. What God was saying is that everyone that praises or speaks well or shows favor to Abram would experience the same from God. Man, wouldn't you want to be friends with Abram? Yeah. Right? I mean, if, if you knew that was the path, man, buddy, come on. Come on, let's be, I want to be your best friend. I, I want to go where you go. I want to hang out with you because God said he's going to bless those who bless you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. But then he goes on, like I said earlier, he says, now curse him who curses you. It's that big brother. 
It's that bodyguard. Don't mess with me. Because you talk ill of me, you're talking ill of him. And I may be, well, six foot and a hundred and nothing, but you messing with God of the universe. God just, he just put his strength, his power over Abram saying, if anybody curses you, I'll curse him. Look out. Look out. God wants Abram to know, not only will I provide blessing, but I have your back and I'll protect you. I'll protect you. See, that's what a covenant is. Finally, thing God says in all these verses, which I believe is probably one of the most important things. He says this in the end of verse three, he says, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Look at that on the screen. And in you, all the family, say all. all, not just your family, not just the ones that are friends with you, but all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. All of them. It is unlikely that Abram knew the extent and the ramifications of this statement. God was literally promising Abram that through this covenant, the Messiah, the Savior of the world for all of humanity would come to earth through his lineage. The Savior would come directly through his line. What an honor. What a blessing. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. You know who that includes? You. Me. All the families of the earth can be blessed because of this covenant promise with Abram. We can see how early covenant with Abram was pointing to a time when all of us would experience God's covenant promise and eternal life and blessings. We can be confident that the same God that promised those things to Abram has promises for you like Jessica talked about here this morning. We can be confident that God is for us and wants to bless us. And we need to walk in that kind of confidence. See, this came through Jesus Christ. The realization of that would come through Jesus Christ himself. Let me jump over quickly to the New Testament for the sake of time. Later in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said this in Galatians chapter 3. Take a look. Paul said this thousands of years later. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, what are you? You're true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to who? You. You. So when you go back to read what God talked and said to Abraham, you got to go, oh, I'm in that lineage because of Jesus Christ. God promised to Abram, I will bless those who bless you. I taught my children this when they were very early, when they were very young. And we used to get on planes and fly a lot because of my role with Foursquare. I would take one of my daughters with me wherever we would travel. Sometimes I'd take both of them. Sometimes I'd take my whole family. And I, I used to bring this back up to them. And I'd say, you know how it says, I'll bless those who bless you? Well, you know what all these people on this plane? They're blessed, girls. I wanted them to know. All these people on this plane are blessed. And I'd tell them why. Why? Because I'm here. <laughs> and you're here. Because God says, I'll bless those who bless you. So as long as we're being blessed by these people, they're all blessed. 
I know that sounds arrogant, right? That sounds conceited and all that, but it's not. It's more of a, of an, of a confidence. I mean, I was being silly, but there's also some truth there. The reality is the people that were in proximity to Abraham and they were blessing him got to receive the blessing from the Lord. It's kind of like when you go into Starbucks and you go in there and you're standing in line for about five minutes and you're trying to get your latte. You're on your way to work and you're really in a hurry. You finally get your latte. Well, you make your order. Then you wait another five minutes to get your latte. And then you finally get your latte and you get in your car and you go, you smell yourself. Suddenly you smell like a cup of coffee, don't you? Because you were in Starbucks. You were in the proximity of the barista. You were in the proximity of the steam and the caffeine being pushed into the air. You now smell like Starbucks. I know some of you are going, that smells good. That's the cologne I like to use. They should bottle Starbucks. That's the point. God says to Abram, whoever blesses you, I will bless them. In that, the proximity of being with you is going to receive my blessing. So yes, I said it kind of lightheartedly with my girls, but the truth of that matter was, I'm in covenant with God. And God promises to bless those who bless me. And so there's a blessing that resides on these people just because, and I know it sounds cocky, but it's not cocky, just being in proximity, not because of me, but because of the Spirit of God on me, that aroma of the Lord that is upon my life. And so my girls would carry that through, and, and every once in a while, we would go flying somewhere, and my daughter, Emma, typically would say, oh, Dad, these people are all blessed, aren't they, Dad? That's right. They're all blessed, Emma. That's right. You understand that. <laughs> When God initiated this covenant with Abraham, he had you in mind. That's why Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus was fulfilling the promise that was made to Abraham so that all the families of the earth could be blessed. Jesus said, I have come that you would have life and life abundantly. So we can stand in confidence. Jesus fulfilled that promise to Abram. And now you can experience that same blessing that God spoke to Abram. And many more that we're going to see in the next few weeks that God spoke over his people. Jesus even said this. And I'm giving you a little teaser. It's a little spoiler for the last message of this series. Jesus, on the last night before he was crucified, sat with his followers. And he said, this is the new covenant. And in it are better promises. Mm, we're going to find that out. I'll just give you a little teaser. I'm not telling you any more today. You all have to come back for that one. Come on up here, Tatiana. Before we wrap up, before we wrap up, I want to lastly point out verse 4. And this is where we can take it home today. Verse 4, chapter 12, says this. Matter of fact, let's all read this together on the count of three. Ready? Begin. One, two, three. So Abram departed just as the Lord had said. Mm. There's, that's powerful, guys. God is extending his hand. And inviting Abram into a relationship, a covenant relationship, it's going to require sacrifice. He's going to have to leave the comfort of what he knows, his home, his family, his land, to some place that God says, I'll show you. When? God doesn't say. 
Where? God doesn't say. But what does Abram do? He departed just as the Lord had said. It sums up Abram's response to God. He said, yes, I accept the offer in faith. In faith. Yes. In the New Testament book of Hebrews chapter 11, listen to what it says about Abram. It says it was by faith. Hebrews 11, chapter, eight, or chapter 11, verses 8 through 9. says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed. Obeyed. Everybody say obey. Man, we don't like that word in America. We hate that word in America. Obey seems like, man, you're trying to restrict me. You're trying to oppress me. Obey is a good word. It's a good word. God calls it a response of faith when we obey his word. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave his home, to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. Here it is. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God had promised him, he lived there by faith. Everybody say, by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. You see, all those promises that God made, later on, we're going to talk about this next week. God says to Abraham, I'm going to bring you into a land. Oh, it's going to be an abundant land, and you will own that land and possess that land. Abraham came into that land, and he was a foreigner there, meaning it was by faith and patience that Abraham inherited those promises. It would be years, decades, before Abraham would see many of those promises fulfilled. Some of those promises weren't even fulfilled in his lifetime. Some of those promises are being fulfilled today in you. Thousands of years later, through faith and patience, Hebrews 6 says, through faith and patience, he experienced the inheritance and the promises of God. Faith and patience. Everybody say faith. faith. And now say patience. Patience. 11 years. Jessica waited to finally get to say thank you. Thank you for walking in faith. By faith, Abraham trusted God to be true to his word, his covenant promise. By faith, Abraham followed God's word, despite what everybody else was saying. You can only imagine his family going, you're going where? You're going where? Well, God said to, to go. Where? Go. You crazy. You know there are people going, what are you, you're taking, you're taking your wife, you're taking the grandkids? You're taking the grandkids, you can't take the grandkids. Through faith, Abraham went. Patience, he saw them come to pass. What does this mean for you today? <laughs> what are you trusting God for? What are you trusting God for? Healing? Restoration of a relationship? A job? Provision? Position? Influence? Purpose? What are you trusting God for?
God says, come, follow me. Take a hold of my ways and live by my ways. And I will bless you. I will lead you. I will feed you. I will care for you. He's made covenant promises, and that's why we're unpacking these over these several weeks, so that we can walk and step in faith and trust the Lord in our finances, trust the Lord in our families, trust the Lord in our bodies. <coughs> Will you be faithful to God's word? Will you be patient in the process? We're going to close with this song that we, we sang earlier, which is such an appropriate song. That God's presence is here around us. And God wants to bless others through your life, but it starts with you saying yes to the covenant. Yes to that promise saying, God, I will trust you. I will follow your word. I will live by your word. I will go where you say go. I will do what you say to do. What is it that God is calling you to today? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for allowing my voice to last through this service. It is a privilege and an honor and a blessing to speak your truth to this congregation and to those who are watching online and under the tent. Lord, I pray that today they have heard you inviting them into a deep covenant relationship. For Lord God, the same promises you had for Abraham are promises that you give to us today through Jesus Christ. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, nobody looking around, if you're watching online or under the tent, Maybe you've never come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You can start right now. Jesus extended an invitation when he outstretched his arms on the cross of Calvary. And he said, I love you this much that I'm willing to die for you. Today, you can be in a covenant relationship with God simply by saying yes to Jesus. Wherever you're at watching online, right here in front of me or in the tent, simply pray this prayer, God in heaven, I give you my life. I say yes to following your ways. Yes to making Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior. If that's you here today, you are now in covenant with God. And he is for you. And he will bless those who bless you. And curse those who curse you. He has your back. Walk in that confidence here today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more great content and information about Refinery Church, find us at wearerefinery.com and our socials, We Are Refinery. If you would like to help support and give to the ministry, visit our website at wearerefinery.com forward slash give. See you on our next episode at the Refinery Church Podcast.